Good morning, friends. My name is Andy Maddock, and I'm lead pastor of the United Methodist Church in Valencia. And it is an honor and a privilege to join you in your homes this morning. We are in the middle of a little bit of renovation in our sanctuary here, addressing some needed repair. And as such, we are displaced this morning. The rest of the worshiping community is over in the Fellowship Hall as you're watching this, celebrating the same story and the same scriptures in a different way. Today will be an opportunity for us to give thanks to God for the servants in our midst, those who are making a difference in the life of our church and the very kingdom of God here on behalf of this community. We're celebrating our unpaid servants, and by the end of this time, someone uh, who's being recognized for the Towel and Basin Award recipient. I'm here in our sanctuary, and it may look familiar to you, and in this, some of the backdrop might feel like burning questions because this was recorded at an earlier date. But know that my heart is with you this morning, and I'm so glad that you've joined us in worship together today. In celebrating that sense that for some who've been around for a long time, returning to the Fellowship Hall is a bit like a homecoming, I actually chose as our text and our prayers this morning uh, the same scriptures and prayers that the Reverend Peter Falbo used 25 years ago this weekend when the congregation at that point was celebrating its own work of lay leaders. So as we lean back into 1997 and consider what God was saying to this community then and what God is saying to us now, it is a chance to recall some of our history, some of where we've been. I'm grateful for the work of Reverend Pete Falbo, and I'm grateful for the work of this church. And as I normally do, I'm going to invite you to join me in a moment of prayer as we start. But I'm going to use the prayer that was used on that morning, a prayer to open ourselves. God, you are worthy of all our praise and worship. Today we celebrate your love and our relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Thank you for expressing your love for us in so many ways. As we think of your love, we are reminded of your call to love those around us. Help us to discover that the more we give ourselves to you, the more we have left to give ourselves to others. Make us servants in your name. Amen. This time feels both familiar and foreign. Here I stand in an empty sanctuary on a random Tuesday night to bring God's word to you, but I'm grateful for it. It's also a familiar pattern insofar as this is how I did church for over a year in Simi Valley. Me and the members of our tech team preaching to cameras and recording worship that we might share the word of God with the people of God in a period of isolation. We value that you worship with us at home, and we're grateful for your time, any, your, any time and way you're able to give it to us. And so this morning, I want to give thanks to Rex and to Matt as they help uh, facilitate this process and as we celebrate the work of God here in this place. This morning, I want to start with our scripture reading. It comes from the Gospel of Mark in the 10th chapter, and it reads in this way. Verse 35, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do, Jesus asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Oh, we can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them all together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, 
and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The series that we're moving into is called Gratitude, and for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how we are giving thanks to God for our people, for our common past, for the present where God is moving in our midst, and for the future that God is calling us to. And so in that spirit of thanksgiving, of hope and longing and celebrating all that God is doing for us, we're going to do that with a reflection on this passage. Noting that when Jesus wants to call the disciples into a clear sense of who they're meant to be, how they are meant to lead in the world, his model is of service, of sacrifice, of compassion and care, not of greatness and authority. We live in a world that seems to be obsessed with those that are greater than celebrities, politicians, the wealthy. We admire the size of their bank account, the beauty of their faces, their talents in a sports capacity, or even just their ability to guide us, to wield the power to set legislation and law. But in the midst of that, I wonder if it doesn't miss some of the point that Jesus has for us as the church. They're living into that Gentile way of authority over. Instead, we as the body of Christ are called to be something else. Now, you might rightly say, well, Pastor Andy, aren't you paid to be a pastor to lead people? And while that is in part true, I want you to know that my heart and my work for you is rooted in this idea of service. I long for us to be a people who are sharing in love, sharing in resources, sharing in hope and promise. I want to open myself and this place to as many as God will send us, knowing that God is equipping those people to build God's church today and into the future. But this story from the Gospel of Mark about the bold request of James and John always reminds me of the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew wants to tell the story a different way. It's not James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who come with this request. Master, grant us whatever we ask you. Rather, it is their mom. In fact, Mama Zebedee comes and says, I want to, Jesus, have of you to give my sons the best seats at the table at your right and your left hand when you come into your kingdom. Jesus similarly rebukes the hope of this mom and kind of puts her in her place and James and John and theirs as well. But I want you to know that when the Gospel of Matthew is considered around this story, I understand some of her hopes. As a parent myself, I want the best for my kids. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be holy. I want them to be happy. And as a part of the ebb and flow of life with all of its struggles and mystery, I know those places where it has been hard for my kids. I know you know the places where it's been hard for yours. The first breakup, first broken heart, deep struggles and failures, the first lost job or poor investment, struggles with mental health or depression, a divorce, an unexpected death or termination, Whatever it might be, as parents, we look at our children and their pattern of life, and we hope for great things. James and John's mom wants just the same. Jesus, my boys are working hard for you. Couldn't you stand to recognize them just a little? When the story is told in the Gospel of Mark, the earlier of the two tellings of it, it is not the helicopter parent who comes bearing this request. 
It's not a mom's best hope for her boys. No, rather, it comes from a place of, of pride and discernment about the value from these two disciples. They look at themselves as compared to the other ten. And they say, you know what? We're doing pretty good. We're getting it right. We're doing exactly what you've always asked of us. Jesus, I know you can't say it, but we know that we're your favorites. So promise us this. We don't need anything now. We don't need special recognition, special jackets, special badges, nothing. But when we come into your kingdom in the fullness of time, we want to be up front. We want to sit to your right and to your left. When Jesus looks at these two men, he loves them, but he puts them in their place. says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you be baptized with my baptism? And they said, well, yes, of course we can, thinking that it was just about the water and not about the cross and the suffering. He says, can you drink from the cup that, you're going, that I'm going to drink from? Well, of course we can, Jesus. We love to drink. We're happy to do that not realizing that he's talking about a path of suffering and a taking on his cross. And he says, oh, you will. And the record in the history of the church is of these apostles going out and dying sacrificial deaths for their own community following the pattern of Jesus. But in this moment, they weren't able to hear it clearly. What we do know happens is this, is that the other ten are indignant with James and John. They are mad as spit about their request of Jesus as words gotten around. And I think Jesus here sets a great example. When a family's in the midst of struggle, when the body is really hurting and divided, the best thing you can do is to come together. Jesus calls them together and addresses the reality of what they're dealing with. Now, he doesn't then continue to rebuke James and John, but he tells them that they are, in fact, as a people going a different way. The Gentiles lead a particular way, lording over strength, power, and authority, but not so with you is his pattern. That's not who you're meant to be. It will not be so among you. In fact, you are going to lead and to love a different way. If you want to be great, you have to serve. If you want to be first, you in fact have to be a slave to all. This not so with you pattern is the mark of the Christian disciple and of the church, living not as the world suggests and expects but in a different way, in a holy way that honors our participation in the body of Christ and the building of the very kingdom of God. This morning, as we give thanks for the lay servants of our church, you might say, well, are we not pointing the light at these folks in much the same way that James and John asked to? I don't think that that's faithful and a fair way of understanding things. Rather, I think in recognizing those who serve, we have the opportunity to celebrate that they are first servants of Christ. Servants of Christ's church as it's manifest in this place. But more than that, they are servants of Christ's people. And by that, I don't just mean the people with whom they share the pews. No, rather, recognizing those who are serving is an opportunity to show value to those who are being served. You see, the Gentile leadership that Jesus described had very little consideration for people down the totem pole from them. The ability to lord over, to have authority over, to have strength over means that I care not for those who are below me. You exist to make my life better, to make me a better buck. But instead, Jesus says, you must consider yourselves among the least and a servant to all. Recognizing the true pattern of Christian service and servant leadership is an opportunity for us to consider the world that surrounds us and its needs 
and the ways in which so many of you who are servant leaders in our church, unpaid servants in our midst, are making a difference because you see the need and you've been willing to respond. What a gift that is. The lesson that historians often want to lift up is that those who do not know their history are destined to repeat it. We think about that in terms of war and the mistakes that humanity's made. Robert Frost has a poem that's critical of the United Nations, suggesting that all we ever do with newness is create new patterns for warfare. Boy, I feel like I see that all the time in our news. People finding new ways to be cruel and wicked to each other, hurting their neighbor, hurting the stranger. But ultimately, our work in servant leadership is an opportunity to consider not the stranger and the other as some villain or some enemy, but as a part of our own. And if we consider our history, it's not just to remind us of our mistakes, but when we give thanks for the people that God has sent us and equipped us here, as, here in this church, it is an opportunity for us to remember where we've been, who we've been, how we've moved through the world, and to continue to move forward with that hope and that promise. In researching this service, I had the original bulletin from 1997 that Pete Falvo used. I was struck by a couple of things. The first is that when he started his sermon, the, 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 the section in that bulletin on that day was not proclamation, was not sermon, was not the word lifted up. Rather, he titled his opportunities to preach as build up the body. Our lay servant Sunday, giving thanks for our people, is an opportunity for us to build up the body of Christ to be grateful for and appreciate the subtleties and nuance of all of us towing the line together and being the body of Christ in this place. The second thing that struck me is he didn't just list it as a benediction. It's not just sending forth and the, the work of the, the band or, or the, the, the organ or piano in this place is not just traveling music over the credits of worship. No, in that service back in 97, it was structured in this way. At the end of service, I'm sorry, at the end of that worship service, worship ends, service begins. I love that model, and I give thanks for that pattern in our past. The idea that when we are done with this time, when we've sung the last note of the hymn and we are ready to go forward from this place, we go out to live, to love, and to serve. When worship is over, we are equipped to be the servants that God has called us to be because hopefully we've seen a glimpse of the kingdom of God and to realize that our place in it is not to be the greatest, or the most envied, but to long to be the people for whom we are recognized and reminded of God's good work because of our patience and our virtue. I know people in my life that I'm struck not because they run the fastest, ride the hardest, look the best, but because their heart swells the biggest. They seem to know the most charity and the most hope. They see the best in others and put them first. The second of two prayers used in that service 25 years ago was one that comes from the Wesleyan tradition of Methodists. John Wesley had a covenant prayer that he typically used on New Year's Day as an opportunity to kick off the calendar year with a reminder of the prayers of the people and who we are called and equipped to be. But I trust in the church's wisdom and Pete Falbo's wisdom back in that day to include this covenant prayer in a celebration of who we are as lay people and our common work together. 
Because the prayer in the Wesleyan tradition reminds us that God is able to use us. And sometimes that use doesn't take the forms that we would expect. I'm going to put the words up on the screen and invite you to pray with me as you are comfortable as we consider this prayer in the covenant in the Wesleyan tradition. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Let me be employed by you or laid aside for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, you art mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. The hope of this covenant prayer in the Wesleyan tradition is to appreciate that there are seasons in life, patterns in life for our work and service together. That there are places and times where God will set us aside, where God will push us to the front, but we need to be responsive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit and to follow where God will lead. If today's a day where God is equipping us to be full, so be it. Let us celebrate our fullness and give thanks for it. If this is a day where we're called to be emptied out, let it be. So be it, the prayer says, we offer ourselves fully to you. Notice how that stands in contrast to the kind of sneaky request of James and John. Lord, we want you to give us whatever we ask. What is it you ask? Allow that we can sit at your right and your left hand when you come into your glory. It's a backwards way to get around to that game, if you will, of if you love me, you would. Rather, instead, Jesus, and in this covenant prayer, we are demonstrating our love, our purpose, our capacity to serve beyond ourselves and to appreciate that when our worship ends, our service begins that we as the body of Christ are always being built up for God's glory and God's common work. As a part of this annual conference for 23 years now, I often get the chance to gather with my peers at annual conference. It has historically been an in-person gathering and has been online for the last couple of years of Methodist pastors and clergy from this area. And as we gather together, we equip and ordain new clergy who are heading into ministry And we also get the chance to say goodbye to those who are retiring and stepping away from the active life of work in our church. Now, oftentimes those retirement sermons uh, are lighthearted. They're funny. They're given by people who have faithfully served in Christ's kingdom and try to maintain that level of, of humility that says, my work here is done. I'm going to Disneyland. One of my favorite ones of those lifted up a new challenge. It was an invitation to think of life in a different way. Not that as servants of God, we will somehow have accomplished all that God has asked of us. No, in fact, in this sermon, it was laid out clearly that there was still work to be done, even in the retired status. He said, I want to speak to the oldest in our conference and say to you this, there is no VFW in the kingdom of God. There's no point at which we get to lay down our mantle and put our feet up and sip mint juleps and say, oh, I have done everything that God has called and equipped me to do. No, rather, we need to pray the prayer that says, put me to doing or not doing. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. Let me be at your pleasure and disposal, O God, for you are mine and I am yours. 
it's a strong and powerful hope to long to be the kind of faithful servants that Christ has called and equipped us to be. For the close of my time, I want to take the opportunity to name for you and to recognize one of our own. The recipient of this year's Towel and Basin Award is receiving that uh, honorific uh, this morning in your midst, and I just want to uh, thank and congratulate Steve Stebbins. Uh, the lead team took nominations and then voted uh, Steve in as this year's Towel and Basin Award recipient for his pattern and work. He was a part of the WOW team, Work Outside the Walls. He's served on SPRC lead team, the finance team. He's been a Kids Zone Club leader. He's been Noah for Trunk or Treat for several years. He's worked on Habitat for Humanity Builds. He's organized the UMCOR Hygiene Kit packaging. He leads the Acts 242 small group, and he's been a part of the Make a Difference Day as a volunteer. Steve is the kind of servant that we recognize in God's mercy for trying to live into that pattern of faithfulness, to seeing the value in others and the building up of the body and the kingdom in this place. I give God thanks for him this morning and for all of you for joining us. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Holy God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we give you thank you. We give you thanks for the echoes of voices some 25 years old and for new voices in our midst, for the chance to be reminded of where we were and ultimately who we are meant to be, to have a reminder of your grace as it's expressed in the hands and lives of the servants of this church. And we ask that you walk with us as we go forward from this place today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.